politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Miniman standing at the ready to fight anew the issues that matter in the way they matter at the time they matter. If that is what you are seeking, you are yearning for leadership, we try to provide it here every day. Daniel Horowitz back here today, CR Podcast, Blaze Media. It is Thursday, November 16th. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about today, a lot to get to. Um, then I want to bring on Rick Green from Patriot Academy to talk about our upcoming trip uh, that you could still register for, by the way, our four-day handgun defense training course in Fredericksburg, Texas. Um, why is there so much to talk about? Because we don't have leadership on a single issue of importance. We have a series of false choices, reactionary politics, bad incumbents, people reacting to them, some things they say are right. But then because they're just reactionary and don't have affirmative good, uh, they land in a bad place. And there's divisiveness, squabbling, aimlessness. And meanwhile, the Republican Party continues the way it does. And therefore, the left continues accomplishing successfully what they want to do. And we're out of luck. You know, I got to start off with this clip. You might have heard from our good friend Chip Roy on the House floor, in about 25 seconds, he encapsulated, I think, what all of you are feeling. If nothing else to feel good about yourself, take a listen right here. One thing. I want my Republican colleagues to give me one thing, one, that I can go campaign on and say we did. One. Anybody sitting in the complex, if you want to come down to the floor and come explain to me one material, meaningful, significant thing the Republican majority has done besides, well, I guess it's not as bad as the Democrats. Okay, folks, give me one thing I can campaign on and bring back to my constituents. And that's what it is. From all this talk, Republicans won back the House about a year ago, almost to the date, and there is nothing they have done. So last night, the Senate wound up uh, voting for the CR. All but eight Republicans voted for it. And by the way, they held it up for a couple hours, not because they were concerned about funding the Fourth Reich and giving Biden a blank check for the invasion, for the inflation, for funding Hamas and Iran, for the Green New Deal, political targeting, persecution, the biomedical security state. No, no, none of that. They were concerned that we didn't pass the NDAA, which gives a blank check to the woke military, which is all they're concerned about. That was uh, Roger Wicker from Mississippi, very concerned about that last night. And then later on, the GOP senators tried to get through the military promotions around uh, Tuberville's blockade, Senator Tuberville from Alabama. Thankfully, Mike Lee objected to it, but it was, it was a bunch of Republicans who were doing that. And then last night you had the the Hamas erection with about 150 Hamas dudes um, rioting outside the DNC building and the Capitol Hill police got, there were six Capitol Hill police injured. They were pepper spraying cops. By the way, even the people that used pepper spray on January 6th, it was only after the cops were pepper spraying indiscriminately. In this case, um, it was clearly the perpetrators who did it. 
And from what I can see, only one person was arrested the entire night. Six cops injured, one person arrested. And I'm sure he won't be held. And it's like Mike Johnson puts out out a statement, the violence, thank you to Capitol Police, and makes no mention of the anarcho-tyranny and the double standard. I mean, that would have been a perfect opportunity to drive the narrative on January 6th, but of course, they will not touch it. So that's what we have. We have a fake Republican Party. I have been pointing that out before Tucker Carlson and all the cool kids suddenly glummed onto it with the zealousness of a Muslim convert. But what we now have is reactionary politics. The more the establishment Republicans and then kind of the more the establishment commentator voices that represent them to some degree, uh, you know, continue to say and do what they're doing, the more we have reactionary politics that, you know, we agree with a lot of what they're saying, but we land in nowheresville rather than a trained infantry to fight for our objectives achieve outcomes, achieve policy victories, stop the advancement of the left on culture, security, sovereignty, economy, liberty, and then reclaim lost ground. Instead, we're just aimlessly shooting like like the kind of like the Gaza dudes. They would dance around with the AK-47s and, you know, shoot them off in the air, shoot each other. And that's what we have now. So I, I, I was planning on getting back to some of the missed stuff on the vaccine that we you know missed throughout the last number of weeks. Obviously, there's no way I could accumulate all that research, but I wanted to go through some of that. But I do have to comment, and I rarely do this, on this squabble between you know certain figures kind of centering around Ben Shapiro versus, I guess, Candace Owens and Tucker Carlson. Um, normally I don't care because, you know, it's just a sign of the times that we now make the commentators are the actual news rather than the news being the news. And we focus more on the people with nothing but talking platforms rather than the people who have the power to implement and that, and therein lies the problem. But I think it is important in what it represents because it's not an isolated kind of you know, cat fight between people who make a lot of money that don't like each other. It's, it is reflective of where I see our politics going if we don't pursue affirmative truth. And I just wanted to start that dis- discussion with Psalms 34 because I think it speaks to this false dichotomy that's going to consume our ability to achieve affirmative truth, affirmative good. It says, to shun evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. And obviously, peace doesn't mean the leftist construct of it, but it means seeking peace means truth, right? It says in Zechariah, love, truth, and peace. You need truth before peace. Um, But why does it say shun evil and do good? What does that mean? There's no wasted line in Scripture. So every, every word is meaningful, So you could shun evil, but not do good. I could see an evil and not like it and shun it and really be consumed by it, but be consumed by it in a way that I'm kind of like, like, like I said before, an untrained person firing off automatic weapons. You just spray a bunch of bullets, make a lot of noise and don't accomplish anything. 
It's not targeted towards an objective. It's not enough to shun evil, but you have to pursue affirmative good. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are to their cry. The face of the, of the Lord is against evildoers to cut off their remembrance from the earth. Again, separate things that God shows his countenance to the good and then punishes the evil. They're not two sides of a coin. What you see there is it's not just the absence of evil is good. You have to affirmatively pursue objective truth and objective good. And what you often have in politics is action, reaction, action, reaction. Everyone's a ricochet to each other. So what we're faced with now is because the GOP is so devoid of any substance, any achievements, we have no achievements. Everyone's left in despair. And there's no leadership. So what you just have is reactionary politics now of basically what my concern is we are now headed towards you are either Ben Shapiro slash maybe Nikki Haley or you are Nick Funtes. You're a neocon or you're a graper. Okay? That, that, that's, and, and that's European politics. That, my friends, is European politics. So, again, I don't care about the personalities involved, and normally I wouldn't cover it, but there's a certain substance that is important to cover here. So, I don't know how this started. Um, this blow-up between it, it, it's spilled out over Twitter between Ben Shapiro and Candace Owens, who both, you know, Ben's a co-founder of The Daily Wire, and, and Candace is, you know, one of the higher talents and talk show hosts there. Okay. So, you know, obviously it's been boiling over, it seems like over Israel, that Ben Shapiro is obviously very into Israel, and Candace Owens is friends with Kanye West, who has said a lot of things about Jews, doesn't like Israel, okay, yada yada. And that's what seemed to blow this over. And at the same time that that Twitter spat was happening, Tucker Carlson drops an episode that he did with Candace Owens and interviews her. And, you know, they're getting together and basically Tucker saying, what do we care about Israel? You know, I understand they got killed, but, you know, people are responding disproportionately. We can't get drawn into war again. Strong men, strong men, reactionary bull crap. Um, no one's asking you, Tucker, to do anything. You're the one who's dropping like 50% of your things now on Israel. You know, like why are you focused on that even? Uh, I think there's something else going on there. But, and then Laugh said, you know, ah, ha, ha, you know, Ben Shapiro, he's uh, um, he was wrong on everything, wrong on Ukraine and wrong on, on you know the vaccines. And there's a couple of points I want to address there because I think I kind of have a lot of street cred on these issues because I was against them from day one, and not just like oh I'm doing a show like Tucker does, but then when we have an amendment vote on Ukraine, he is nowhere to be seen. Oh I'm just a talk show host. I heard he told someone that. Notice he'll never fight the issue in the way it matters at the time it matters. He did this with Trump's jailbreak too. When it was Grassley's bill, he opposed it, the First Step Act. Then later on, after it was passed, he complained about it. But when Trump was teetering and we needed him to get Trump off of it, he was stone silent. An effing coward, that guy. 
But anyway, there's a couple of things I want to address there. But first, our sponsor today is our friends at iTarget Pro. Um, look, I've been firing a lot of ammo lately, and then I thought to myself, man, I can't afford to just keep getting these thousand round shipments. I just can't afford it anymore. And then I remember I got my iTarget Pro. Yes, it's not 100% the same, but with the laser dry fire practice, you can time your shots from the holster, you download the app, put the laser bullet in in your gun. By the way, you could do it with AR too. They have 223 Remington as well. Um, you get the dummy bullet based on the caliber of your gun. You go to itargetpro.com, get 10% off checkout with offer code CR. It makes a great Christmas present um, this time of year, by the way. Uh, to, if you have a you know a gun enthusiast, you know. And look, it doesn't mean you don't go to the range, but you could really make back the money after one training session and then do as much as you want. Trigger control. Everything is not jerking that trigger. Um, the proper draw from the holster, as long as you make sure to follow the rules, don't have ammo around you, shoot in a safe place. It really is a great way to train. And, you know, we're going to have Rick Green coming up talking about our trip with, you know, we fire about 800 rounds of live ammo, but you're going to want to practice everything you learn. This is a great way to do it. iTargetPro.com, offer code CR for 10% off. So there's a couple of things going on there. Um, Tucker and Candace were, were like, you know, Ben Shapiro sucks. I hate Israel because Ben Shapiro loves Israel and Ben Shapiro was wrong on the vaccines. Now, look, I've criticized him. I've criticized those people from day one. And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with that point, but it's like, what, so now we're going to support the left? Well, the neocons support Israel. Yeah, but the left supports the Arabs. So, I mean, like, it, so, so just judge it on its own merits. I mean, it's a stupid thing. Oh, but, but he supported the vaccines. Oh, okay. So that in itself is just stupid. But moreover, it's a little bit weird. Ben Shapiro doesn't affect our lives, okay? He has a talk show host, talk talk show. He has a network. He does his thing. There's kind of someone who's a little bit more relevant, if you know what I mean, than Ben Shapiro, and not only supports the vaccine, but created it. And to this day, Ben at least admit, admits now it's wrong. You could debate whether he does enough for it, but... Trump to this day, right after he said, I don't know what your problem is, it saved millions of lives, he sat before something that rhymes with Tucker for an interview, and he didn't ask him a word about it. See, this is what I don't understand about the reactionaries. They're not red-pilled in a constructive way. They're black-pilled, albeit when it comes to Trump, they're white-pilled. It's all good. It's all good. It's so weird. So, so weird. It's like they all love to talk about, you know, with, with Vivek is leading this now, Rhoda McDaniel needs to resign. But there's only one reason that Hermit Dillon didn't defeat her. Hermit was endorsed by DeSantis. Rona was endorsed by Trump. That, and, and he made calls to the committee chairman, to the, to the committee men. He never gets, it's so weird. It is so bizarre. And by the way, what's funny is, 
Tucker, I'm 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 sorry, uh, not Tucker. Trump said the same things about Israel. They should crush Hamas as DeSantis did, as Ben Shapiro did, as anyone did. And for some reason, they don't part ways with Trump over that. It's weird. I mean, at least be principled in your stance. <laughs> it's like for their own purposes. All right, so you don't like Israel. You should be pissed at Trump, who is the most pro-Israel president. From their perspective, that, that should be a problem. It's just weird. And then... Trump and Candace both get up there and say, nobody in the establishment of Washington is for Trump. Wait, so every second they're telling me, ha, 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 DeSantis has literally three endorsements in the entire house. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, for good reason, because the establishment doesn't support him. And Trump has all the Republican senators and all the Republican congressmen. And like, nobody in Washington supports Trump. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Greg, something that rhymes with Abbott, is about to endorse him on Sunday, I believe. Trump endorses the rhino. Preempts our ability to get in either Don Huffines or Alan West. That was the kiss of death in Texas. And then now Abbott returns the favor. I mean, what is wrong with these people? That's the problem when you're just judged by alignment, groupiness, tribalism. Oh, I like him, but I don't like him. So I'm going to, you know, determine my issues based on that. There is no affirmative vision on anything from these people. They might say things from time to time we agree with, but it's talking point deep and no more. It's utter utterly pathetic. You know, Steve Dace... I'm sure you'll hear more from him today. Steve had the perfect line. He put it put the following out on Twitter in response to this. What is the movement for agreeing with Shapiro about the savages who would have slaughtered Jews and Gentiles alike, but agrees with Candace about Ukraine and the jab? But then also, unlike Candace and too many like her, will actually hold those accountable for their roles in manifesting the very horrible immoral policies we claim to oppose, rather than shill for them and pretend otherwise, likely for reasons that aren't exactly altruistic. Can someone point me towards a movement with this level of critical thinking, moral clarity, and integrity? I'd really like to be a part of such a movement. I think a movement like that might have a real chance to save this country from the collapse it currently seems tragically destined to realize. Time is running short. I hope such a movement could be found before it's too late. Ain't that the truth? Now, there kind of is someone who represents that neither neocon nor reactionary bulk garbage, but uh, we can't talk about it. And by the way, just, just to show you how retarded and self-defeating, self-contradictory, self-immolating, counterintuitive this entire movement is. And that's what a French Revolution ultimately is. You land in the same place of those that you claim, I hate the establishment, so therefore I love Hamas, and therefore uh, Greg Abbott is awesome, and Elise Stefanik is awesome. So there is a man named Bob Good, Freedom Caucus member from Virginia. He is in the top five conservatives, but I mean, not just, I mean, like you want to talk about America first, uh, Ukraine and whatever you care about, he's, he's there. I mean, he, he was even one of the ones that joined with every single speaker's fight. He was with Matt Gates. You know, I didn't agree strategically with the timing of the move, but he, you know, he's with Andy Biggs and Matt Gates on uh, getting rid of McCarthy. Except there's one thing. He endorsed DeSantis. One of, one of only three, by the way. Who did? Very establishment. So now, 
there is a primary challenger, I'm not kidding you, to Bob Good. Because he's anti-Trump. So, so every piece of SHIT, from Elise Stefanik to Lindsey Graham, every person I worked my entire career before Tucker and Candace and these people knew where the freaking bathroom was in fighting the establishment. Trump came and endorsed every effing one of them. But it's all good. They could engage in sodomy, Bruce Jenneros. They could support the vaccines. They could support Ukraine, and they do. But met the Trump, so it's all good. Or you could have someone that, on paper, everything you say you want in America first, he delivers, but he supports DeSantis. We're not talking about supporting Nikki Haley or... You know, someone like Mitt Romney supports DeSantis. Done. Primary challenge. We can't get a primary challenge to anyone else that we should all agree needs to go. All these people we talk about that are supporting Ukraine and whatever. And if we do get a primary challenge, Mitt Trump endorses the establishment. But Bob Good's got to go. That, my friends, is the end result of a French Revolution That is the end result of tribalism. That's the end result of a cult of personality. That's the end result of low IQ reactionaryism. So there you have it. But anyway, I want to move on. Speaking of an affirmative vision. An affirmative vision. You know, here we are because we can't shoot straight. Oh, we have a, a bunch of conservative commentators. They're all against the vaccine. By the way, when it actually mattered, I, I, I never want you to forget this. I never want you to forget this. Tucker Carlson flew down to Mar-a-Lago in the spring of 2020 and badgered Trump for not being strong enough on covid and was very instrumental in getting him to flip that, that, that week where you know he started out good, his intuition was good, and then he flipped on lockdowns. All I could tell you is I strongly disagreed with Ben Shapiro throughout that entire time. Tucker Carlson was much more instrumental with screwing us. He only latched onto the movement like he always does when he read the room later on. What an utter fraud that guy is. Believe me, Ben is not my cup of tea, his sort of, you know, way of going about politics. But, I mean, dude, this, really? Really? And I'll let Steve, you know, go on that a little bit more. But anyway, because we have losers like this, that even when they say things we agree with, it's just to latch onto a talking point, not to actually build a movement to do anything. So we've accomplished nothing on the on the vaccines or anything. It's still going on. I want to point to New Hampshire. There's a campaign to get the COVID shots off the childhood schedule. We need to do that in every state. But, you know, the Supreme Court denied cert to New Jersey nurses. This is yesterday or a few days ago, challenging the vax mandate. Third Circuit upheld it and the Supreme Court said goodbye. Supreme Court has not been good on a lot of this. The Jacobson opinion is still there. What's Jacobson? That a government essentially has the right, or at least their reading of Jacobson. It was a... It was part of the era of um, the, the the core era of the Supreme Court where they were adopting eugenics. It was part of that line of cases. And that is still good case law. So we got a problem. 
And I, I want to do a separate show again, affirmative good, not just complain about the neocons to an, you know, but then kind of land in the, the same place for a different reason. We have legislative sessions coming up very soon. Okay. We have legislative sessions coming up very soon. And this is our last chance to really do something good on the medical freedom issue, but really on, on, on a multitude of, of issues. Okay? Multitude of issues. Because what I would argue is that, unfortunately, look, I hope DeSantis wins, but I mean, you, you, you look at everything, it's a very good likelihood, at least, that Trump will win the primary and lose the general election. So where does that leave us? That leaves us that we need red state sanctuaries. I'm going to be coming out for our teams and for all of you with an agenda item, a checklist to make sure that there is someone in your legislature that has introduced one of the, our priority bills and that we have something in place to push it. But the most important thing is an amendment on a constitutional amendment. Remember, don't roll your eyes like, oh, you'll never get that done. That's at, at a federal level, state level. If you're in a supermajority trifecta state, they could easily pass this stuff out. And one upholding bodily autonomy, I think this is our jujitsu on the whole kind of ballot initiative thing on abortion to shove it right back at them. Um, if you want an example of text, how to do this, HJ Res 25 in West Virginia. West Virginia, H HJ Res 25. 2023, because you know, if you don't put in the year, you'll get in a you know pr prior year. Uh, Evan Worrell from Barbersville, West Virginia, he introduced it. Uh, you know, um, I, I drafted the language, and, and there's multiple ways you could do this. I'm just going to read you one way of doing it. HJ Res 25, the right of a person to refuse any medical procedure, medical treatment, device, vaccine, or prophylactic shall not be questioned or interfered with in any manner. The right of a person to public accommodation and equal protection of the law shall not be denied or infringed upon because of the exercise of the rights contained in this section. Imagine if all these people, like Tucker, would help me whip up each state and, and get that on, not just pass it, but you get it on the ballot into the 2024 election. Imagine if we had a movement. But, you know, I'd rather just, like, own Ben Shapiro. Because they care so much about the vaccine that they're bothered by Ben Shapiro's commentary, even though he's flipped on it when the guy who's more relevant hasn't flipped yet. Okay. Um, so we, we need that. We have not made more progress. We're clearly not going to make progress at a federal level. That's one thing. And I just want to point out, and it's no, in no clear order and it's not with the exclusion of many other things. Um, I just do want to point out, we need to make sure every state has a bodily autonomy amendment. Every state has state immigration enforcement laws. Um, states being allowed to enforce immigration laws. Uh, Texas just passed SB4, and, you know, finally, finally, the grassroots achieved a victory, and it just shows that when you focus, you can achieve victories. Um, we need funding for our county citizens' defense forces that I want to develop that more, our citizens' uh, uh, sheriff's posses. We need uh, bills funding legal defense for those politically targeted, refusing local law enforcement cooperation with 
FBI uh, joint task forces in that area if they've been determined by the AG to violate civil rights. And we need some sort of sanctuary nullification bill where, you know, we have a couple of examples. I have a draft from North Dakota uh, where we say that any federal law or executive order or action that we deem is not pursuant to law, to the, to the Constitution, cannot be enforced by any state official, local official, or state-funded NGO within the state. Um, these are just examples of ways that we need to create a sanctuary from tyranny and a sanctuary from anarchy within the, within as many red states as we can. That that is the really the only thing we can do, and even that's going to be, uh, you know, heavy lift. But you know, before I just get to the end of the show with uh, Rick Green, I just want to go down to a quick rapid-fire briefing on some of the latest things we've seen with the vaccine. There's an important Yale study titled Post-Vaccination Syndrome, a Descriptive Analysis of Reported Symptoms. Um, Yale study with 18 authors. Okay, so this is not some right-wing blog. They tracked, in their own words, severe, debilitating, chronic post-vaccination syndrome. PVS, they actually call it. After vaccination has been reported, but has yet to be well characterized. Okay? And they admitted, it's funny, they had to throw in there, you know, the PVS, is its connection with vaccination remains controversial. Uh, they looked at 247 people between May of 2022 and June of 2023. And they found PVS could be caused by several potential mechanisms, including a mechanism related to the vaccination or manufacturing process. Manufacturing process. Okay, that's the adulteration with the plasmids. It may represent a rare response to vaccines in susceptible individuals. Some investigators have concluded, based on their self-referred case series, that vaccines may cause immune system dysfunction. They focus on people with neuropathy, in two of five participants, the uh, the cerebro cerebrospinal fluid had had different bands on them and skin biopsies. They had probably all this sort of stuff there. They found the point is you have Yale openly admitting that the most common things they found were fatigue, numbness, brain fog, neuropathy. Um, people had trouble exercising afterwards, and people to this day, they can never do a workout. And they basically admit that it's long-term, it's confounding, and people are without answers. In their own study, they found that the average individual tried at least 20 different treatments, none of which worked. 247 participants together tried over 200 different types of treatments to no avail. They say that they basically admit that they suffer a high symptom burden long term and a low health status, <laughs> a low health status. I shouldn't be laughing, but it's just funny the way they have to the euphemisms they use. This is Yale. I mean, we have so much material, but we are nowhere closer to when I focused on this a year ago, two years ago, two and a half years ago. It's amazing how much time has gone by. And we are nowhere closer because, again, we don't have forces on the ground with ARs point and shoot. We dance around. We hold events. We have our shows. We have our grift. We have our squabbling. 
And then even when we focus on the issues, it's never with any intention or ability to get anything done because getting things done is for cucks. That's that's for the Florida governor. He's establishment because he likes to actually accomplish it. By the way, it's like the, the Florida governor's office just put out uh, tourism is exploding in the state. And they were you know, remember how the um, NAACP said they're going to boycott a they were going to organize a boycott of the state in response to him getting rid of African-American studies. And now they're actually better off. That's what owning the libs actually looks like. Because right now, Biden is owning us. There's not a single thing he has done on foreign policy, on terrorism, on border, on green energy, on budget, on COVID, on biomedical security, on political targeting that has been arrested one iota in an entire year of GOP control of the House. And there's a reason for that. Because it's not just that the Republican Party is a controlled opposition, but the movement that has arisen to complain about the Republicans being a controlled opposition is a controlled opposition themselves, whether they're doing it willingly or not. But, I mean, this is bad. I, I, I have a huge crisis now. I have trouble finding a doctor or pediatrician. We're at the end of our rope with one. We have to keep moving on to another. I mean, this is bad. We are nowhere near discovering the truth. Meanwhile, the deaths continue. Over 47,000 extra deaths occurred in England and Wales. Um, uh, you know, basically, there's been, in the first 40 weeks, so this is through October 6th of 2023, still a 12% increase in deaths versus pre-COVID. So you're talking about even a year later where very few are getting new vaccines. Bureau of Labor Statistics shows the number of American adults considered unable to work grew by more than 3.5 million since January 2020, with 1.5 million added just in the last nine months. 25% more 15 to 19-year-olds than expected. About 1,000 young people died in the first five months of 2023, according to Ed Dowd's numbers. There's another study we have that analyzed 19,000 people who received COVID vaccines in Italy in July 2021, out of which 15,000 took Pfizer, 2,000 took Moderna, 1,600 AstraZeneca. They found that one in three suffered things like headaches, tremors, muscle spasms, insomnia, sleepiness, uh, vertigo and difficulty in concentration. So again, you like you know, we talk a lot about obviously the death and the the heart ailments and whatever, but but a lot of the you know what Yale referred to as low health status, sort of you know just degraded quality of life. It's nothing that's you know oh I've you know destroyed heart necessarily. Some do, but I mean this is this is bad. It, one in three reported that in their sample of, what was it? What did I say? 19,000? U.S. infant mortality rose by 3% last year. I'm sure that's a coincidence. And then you have the adulteration stuff, that we have more and more evidence that it has DNA plasmids in it, um, which should not be covered by the PrEP Act, by the way. The Epic Times reports that they asked the FDA in a request about the adulteration, and they said... With over a billion doses of mRNA administered, no safety concerns related to the sequence um, has been identified. <laughs> so the FDA is going to say, we don't know a single injury. 
With regard to the FDA-approved mRNA vaccines, available scientific evidence supports the conclusion that they're safe and effective. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, it might be, you know, diluted with uh, DNA, but, you know, they're safe and effective. And again, they could continue doing it because normally when you have this amount of ammo, a fraction of this amount of ammo against something, iron meets iron and, some, and, and the political opposition will expose it. But we don't have a political op opposition. And again, all we have is a reactionary force. All we have is the Europeanization of American politics where Europe has this growing... We have this growing European dynamic where it's the secular right. Just a misfit. You either have misfits, retards, neo-Nazis, a lot of anti-Semitism just for no good reason. Not that they all are, but it's just you kind of have that a lot in Europe. Um, and that's why they're never effective. You, you don't have an effective right-leaning movement in Europe. And that's rapidly what America has. The more ineffective the GOP establishment, the neocons, whatever you want to call them are, the more you have a reaction to it that, again, we might agree with a lot of their diagnosis, but it's just a reactionary movement. And increasingly, a lot of these younger voices are very secular. Oh, they might wrap themselves up in Christianity the way the European ones do in a certain identity way and a weaponization way, but not in virtue. And they don't ab abide by it and keep by it. And this is what we have. Real nice. Real, real nice. And meanwhile, marches on Medscape. Medscape is like the medical Bible of doctors. This is what all doctors get in their inboxes every day. They literally Google it. Medscape, they have an article titled The Future of Medicine is mRNA. So they, they continue. We could all have like a movement, get on Bannon War Room. Yeah, the vaccines, this and that. I give him credit for covering it, but where is the progress? Where I'm the only one who's actually saying, look, let's take the states we have and get a constitutional amendment on the ballot. Get it on the ballot. Again, this is the number one thing. Those of you who are in our con action teams preparing for the January, February legislative sessions, this is the number one thing. Now, obviously, there are some states it takes two years that you can only get it on the ballot in the following year, but there are some that we probably can still get it on the ballot in 2024. You got to check your state's laws. Uh, Ballotpedia is a good resource for that. You could easily look that up. And uh, yeah, this is where we are. Lovely. My goal is to give you guys actionable ways to actually do something. And I, I admit, I am running out of ways because we don't have a movement. So... Some of this is through politics, but some of it is going to be through practical advice. And one of the things is Second Amendment. And that leads me to our, our next guest for our final segment here. So we have a crisis of authenticity. We've been talking about that today, where even when people glum onto something that we agree with, there's never an initiative to actually bring that past the goal line. Okay, so we're like we say we're pro-life, but we didn't do the work to actually you know, get anything accomplished in the States. We we say that, uh, oh, we hate the vaccines, but, but then, you know, two and a half years later, there's nowhere, I mean, Texas just passed, finally passed a bill like Florida's, but, you know, we're really not making progress dismantling the biomedical security state. Every issue, you know, oh, Ukraine, oh, the spending, this and that, nothing changes. So the one issue that we've been very successful on politically 
actually is guns and Second Amendment. But the problem is even that we suffer a little bit from this inauthentic nature where we're like, oh, I love guns, but be honest. I mean, how many of you could draw from a holster properly and be prepared to win a gunfight? Okay, you might own a gun, some of you might carry a gun, might own rifles, you know, you're not going to carry a rifle, but not in public at least. But are you prepared and are you trained in a way that you could actually use it? And I think this is why I've so heavily leaned into Patriot Academy's training. And I will be down for their next training December 18th, just a month away. But there's still time to make your tickets. Or if you're in Texas, no excuses. It's in Fredericksburg, Texas. You could get right there. I know our largest audience is from Texas. Um, drive in. It's cheap. It's amazing fun. It's serious training. Four days of training you take off right before the the week of christmas patriotacademy.com slash daniel and with us is the godfather of this vision rick green america's constitution coach himself hey rick thanks so much for joining us boys it's been a long time hey daniel always a pleasure man thanks for having me on all right, so so give people a sense of what we're going to do december 18th there's still time to sign up um, if you sign up now, you can get uh, bring a friend or relative for free. So it's two for the price of one. Um, what does it entail? What 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 do people need to prepare for? What do they need to bring? Um, you got holsters, you got uh, ammo, guns. Do you supply that all if people either don't have or can't transport it? Yeah, and and first, Daniel, let me just say to what you were saying uh, in the lead-in, it's it's exactly what you're talking about. You know, I was the God and Guns guy in the legislature 25 years ago in Texas. Charlton Heston did an ad for me. I passed all the NRA legislation, <laughs> and I did not carry my firearm. I was not ready to win a gunfight. Should somebody attack my family? Should one of these crazy mass murderers show up at the restaurant where I was eating with my family, or you know, Walmart or grocery store or our school or whatever it might be? I would not have been ready. Yet, like you were saying, you know, talking a good game, had the bumper sticker, all that good stuff. And it wasn't until I went through this course that I realized that, that I wasn't ready. And I was actually just taking my son. I was like, I, you know, I don't need to do this. I, but, but, but my son's 16. I need to take him to it. And the first day, kind of like what happened to you, you know, first day, first half of the day, you're going, whoa, I didn't know what I didn't know. And, and you realize how important this kind of training is. And it's, you know, the great thing is it's for everybody. I mean, we have 55% of our students are women. We have people that have never touched a gun in their life. We have people that have been through trauma, have people that grew up training. We have people that, you know, I've had SWAT officers come through the training and say it's the best training they ever had. So we're really, really good at molding the training around the students so that they get what they need to be able to be prepared for a situation. And they leave our place competent, confident. Uh, they they literally, literally walk different. I mean, you literally look at the world different because you're thinking about these things, not in a paranoid way, but just in a being prepared way and, and taking those precautions. So I just want I thought I thought what you were saying was was so true. And we've got to change that in all of those areas, having follow through, having the discipline to do the things necessary to actually win the day on these issues. And as you said, this is just one of many, many issues. But on this one, we could do something about it. And it's very, very practical. Uh, it's very, very doable. And, and to those those logistics you were talking about, absolutely. If somebody already has the firearm that they prefer to carry, you know, come and train with that. If, if you don't yet, you don't know what you want to carry, you've never, never, you know, had training or never even touched a gun or fired a gun, then rent one from us. We've got, you know, Glocks and other options. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, absolutely. Come and, and, and we'll, we'll provide those things for you. 
Um, you mentioned one of the best things is, uh, you know, the fellowship is the fact that you'll be, you'll be there. I'll be there. We'll have a chance to, uh, to talk, to sharpen each other's countenance, to, to, to talk about all these other issues as well. So it's really, a it's much more than just going to the range and learning to shoot. It's very much getting the mindset of being a good citizen, uh, learning to be able to defend your family and, uh, and learning to defend the constitution. And, and where could people go to find out just about the arrangements, the price, the checklist of materials they need to bring, hotels, things like that. Yeah, th- uh, in fact, I, I think the, the be- they want to go through the one for your link, which I think is patriotacademy.com forward slash Daniel, right? Is that what we got? Yep. <laughs> I want to make sure I give out the right one. Yeah, yeah. so uh, they want because they want to do this date. I mean, they can come anytime. Listen, if you've got a conflict and you can't come on the 18th with Daniel and me, you know, our instructors are great. You can come another time. But this is going to be a special one. Great way to go in, into the end of the year patriotacademy.com forward slash Daniel. It'll have all the info about the class, you know, the kind of a little bit uh, about how the schedule works and, and uh, what we'll be doing during those days. They're long days. I mean, this is a, this is a serious class. Uh, but again, the fellowship at the mealtime and the lectures and, and the evenings and all that is, is really cool. And it's at our new campus, by the way. It's at our, you know, Daniel, of course, you've come out with us uh, several times to other places in New Mexico and Nevada and uh, but this is our our place now. We're actually building our own campus in Fredericksburg, Texas. It's a beautiful, beautiful town. It's a great town, um, and and it's and it's also you know you mentioned the sheriffs. You know we've got the sheriffs of the counties around us that are moving their training to our facility. Uh, everything that you talked about in terms of working with them, uh, you've been talking about this for years, and so you you've had a lot of influence on our thinking in terms of some of these things, in terms of teaming up with with that local law enforcement and being available and ready to help them. You know, should an emergency situation happen in your area, you want to be able to, to you know, be under that constitutional authority of those sheriffs. And, and that's where I wanted to take it with you, you know, how we take this to the next level. If, if we could get through hundreds and then thousands of trained Patriot Academy members that know how to properly win a gunfight, know how to properly draw. Um, right now, we think of scenarios of, you know, the dreaded case that you hear on the news, some crazy comes into a, a public facility and starts shooting. Uh, kind of the one guy or a guy tries to carjack you or a guy tries to come into your home. <clears throat> but what we're facing now is something else. I mean, in addition to that, we're facing this kind of organized insurrection. Okay, it started in 2020 where they came very close to marching on suburban neighborhoods, did in a couple places, certainly in the downtown areas, with surround cars, you know, the, the motorist lynchings, and now it's back. So the Hamas is kind of like Antifa 2.0 stuff. And it's increasingly likely that we're now going to be dealing with these ubiquitous, violent rioters that just come in large numbers and that's something that requires more than just your individual guy with his nine millimeter or AR, but you need an organized force. And yeah, the threat w- has changed. That, so, so what do you think is the avenue to possibly Patriot Academy, you know, giving over this training and then starting maybe with some sheriffs in in Texas and saying, look, if we got in your county twenty guys that got this training, what would it take for you to deputize them? is a posse that would get certain authorities that you can draw upon organized force of by the citizens of the county to go and, you know, secure the county and in a time of need, be that extra hand 
that's that therefore won't be treated as the way the feds would treat the M word, a militia, but would be brought in under the color of law of the local law enforcement. Yeah, because, you know, think about it. Let me give you one example. In, in, in the 2020 riots of, of Black Lives Mafia and uh, I should call it Black Lives Maoist since we now know that how much of a uh, communist organization it was. And Antifa, you know, they showed up in a little town in Texas, Jacksboro, Texas, to tear down a statue there. And no kidding, man, the cowboys in that town literally surrounded the statue. Uh, the thugs pulled up in their vans and uh, got out, looked around, saw that uh, it was defended, got back in their vans and drove away. Um, that threat was was very different from what we face now. With this open border and, you know, 8 million, 1.7 million in gotaways, we don't know who they are, where they are. We know Hamas is there. We know other terrorists and cartel operatives. The threat is real. And this is no longer somebody that just wants to tear down your statue. It's no longer someone that'll just beat you up with a two by four. They have no problem, as we saw on October 7th in Israel, they have no problem literally murdering the masses indiscriminately and disgustingly. And they are here. And people that think that those people aren't here are, are too naive to be listening to this program. So we know that kind of thing is likely to happen. We don't know how soon. It may be years, could be months, could be weeks. But that type of thing is going to happen somewhere in America, maybe all over America. And I'm not saying that to scare people. I'm saying that to just eyes wide open, be prepared. And so what you're talking about is exactly the kind of response that's necessary for that kind of threat, the ability to, to be able to communicate with the people that have also been trained, uh, the, the ability to have those, those organizations where you're literally prepared for, whether it's an, a natural emergency of a hurricane or a freeze or whatever it might be that you know, leaves your area devastated and you need to be able to get together, or it's exactly what we're talking about where there's literally an armed situation or even just a mob situation. You have a Kenosha Wisconsin kind of situation, and you need people to be able to come together and protect property, businesses, families, all of those things, but to do it under the authority of a sheriff, local sheriff and, uh, and or a local um, you know, police department. That's exactly the way we're thinking about this and the conversations that we're having. Uh, I don't think, Daniel, there's anybody doing, there's no one doing a good model like that. There's, there's, there's a few sheriffs out there that they have their kind of citizen deputy, deputy programs. You come through a you know, a, a program or whatever, but it's nothing like what we're talking about. And so I'm, I'm really thankful to live in an area and be building the campus in an area where we have sheriffs that think like that and that are, are willing to have those conversations. I'm even working on a constitution class for, for their deputies. Um, that sort of thing is exactly where we need to be going. And then what you said, yes, then export that, uh, get that going in communities and counties yep. all over the nation. So step one is come here and spend a few days with Daniel and me Come get your just basic physical training initially. We have an advanced training, so if somebody wants to take that next level with us on the, on the actual physical training, they can as well. But to your point and what I really get excited about, because I think it's absolutely necessary on the next step, we've got to be thinking big picture. We've got to be thinking, you know, how do we protect our, quite literally protect our societies. Because I think you're well-placed for that. You have, obviously, your biblical citizenship program. And go, check out the Patriot Academy website. Lots of good programs. The Constitution Coach, where you know you, you, you get people to sign up. As a, how, many, how many coaches do you have? Man, we're at almost 27,000 Constitution Coaches all over the nation. So 27,000 Constitution the Coaches. Yeah. These are people... Now, some of it might be remote, but a lot of them are going to live in the same area. Each coach, that is your cell. That is your team. And I think if we would try to create, kind of synergize your handgun defense program, the Constitution Coach program, you could then get 
people in an area that know each other, share the same godly values, share the same political values, and also get trained together. And then we could start working at a political level in as many of these counties as possible. Boom. Now we have our citizen defense force, which we which we absolutely need. Um, I know a lot of people are going to be interested in this. I've gotten some emails about it. And that is rifle. And and I just first want to say, you guys, that if you haven't done it before, if you don't live near Fredericksburg, Texas, Patriot Academy uh, campus, it's not a big deal to fly with with a gun and even a rifle. I mean, you come, you come with a you know a locked case that is uh you know pursuant to the TSA guidelines. You go to a, a ticket agent. You can't you know check it on your own. You can't do it through the kiosk. You have to go to an agent. So leave yourself time for that and just say I have a firearm to declare. They open it up. Sometimes they don't, and they put a sticker on it. Put it back in your luggage. Um, and boom, they put on the conveyor belt. Sometimes they'll say to stay there for 15 minutes or 10 minutes. Sometimes they'll just wave you on to go. It's just leave an extra time, a little bit of extra time. Not a big deal. So you could even bring a rifle. Um, do you, Rick, do you have any plans for doing rifle training? And I don't just mean the kind of, and I, and I, I know I'm going to get hate mail for this, Rick, but I don't mean like the old men, you know, sitting out there, like, you know, taking three shots per ceasefire hour, you know, schmoozing in between with their scopes and everything. But I mean more like combat AR, you know, th this scenario, not, not the, you know, sort of target practice, but, but the combat shooting with an AR. It's, yeah, not not secondhand lions, Robert Duvall, and uh, <laughs> forget the other guy's names. You know, sitting on the porch uh, uh, doing that. <laughs> so yeah, no, no, uh, absolutely. We have uh, we have uh, rifle classes very similar to the handgun class, so, so that if you've never done it before, you can go through basic, and then have advanced classes as well. Because you know, in a in a, in a you know in a real situation like what we're talking about, your your handguns just to get you to your rifle and 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 to get you to your AR, so that you you could actually defend with multiple, uh, you know, in a multiple situation. So for sure, hundred percent needs to be done. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, uh, it, it's very easy. Just like you said, I mean, I, I tell you what I normally add, cause I travel almost always with my firearm. Um, I, I add about 20 minutes on the front end because of what you're talking about in terms of the checking. And then an ex at least an extra 10 minutes on the back end, cause your bag will typically be the last one off and they'll send it to the bag office. That's right by the carousel. So it's not, it's not way out of your way. So overall adds about 30 minutes to each of my trips. But well, well worth it to have that have that firearm. Same thing would be with a rifle. No, absolutely. So, so folks, email me Daniel Hurwitz at startmail.com. Um, you know, if you have any questions about this, and and also if you're interested in a rifle training, you know, we could do the same thing. We've we've only done handguns so far in our program, at least uh, from from this audience. But if you are interested in rifle, let me know, and we could we could get that done, and we could work out the logistics. If you have any questions for for one of Rick? Rick's uh, boys, a family affair you guys have there. Um, I've got to know all your kids. Um, just one thing I find amazing, I don't know how you guys plan this training. I know Aaron, the director of training, is so good at this. But you'll have people that literally never picked up a firearm or at least never carried one. And they could barely rack the slide. You start on a Monday. So it's Monday morning. We're out there, 8, 9 a.m. They could barely rack the slide. But somehow by Tuesday afternoon, like, you know, the second day afternoon, everyone's able to draw from the holster. Again, some will be quicker. Some will be quicker on the draw. Some will be more accurate. The The pace and the accuracy is going to depend on the person. But the basics, everyone winds up getting. How do you do that? Man, these guys have it down to a science. They're really, 
really good. The, the difference is a lot of times people, if they've been to any training, they've probably gone to a local place where a former spec ops guy is the trainer and God bless them, but they tend to just show off and, 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 and they're not great teachers while they're great performers. Uh, and there's exceptions to that. Absolutely. But our guys, you'll never know how good they are. They don't show off at all. They're very, very good, but they don't show that. Uh, they, they, they're invested in you. They spend their time with you. They help you get to that next level. And because they've trained, you know, no kidding, tens of thousands, some of them hundreds of thousands of people, um, they know how to do it well. We, our curriculum is down to a science, and, the, and, it's, and it takes anybody from any starting place to where they are competent and, and, and very good. And as you mentioned, I mean, sometimes that, that first shot, I mean, if you've got somebody with trauma or they've never touched a gun, it's an emotional, difficult situation, and we know how to deal with that. And by day, by day four, if they do the full four days, by the end of day four, they're crying on day four out of joy because they've overcome their fears, they've overcome their concerns, they, they can now be confident. I mean, think about it, especially for women, Daniel. I mean, this is the great equalizer for them. All of these years, they've had to walk from the grocery store to the car, sometimes late at night, in fear, not sure if they were going to get attacked there or wherever it might be. I mean, all the time. And this absolutely equalizes that and gives them um, not just a fighting chance, but an advantage on the thug if they show up and decide that they, they think that they're, uh, they've got a new target. These are, these, are, these are people, when they leave our training, they know how to defend themselves and, uh, and as we talked about, they know how intellectually to defend the Constitution. And we also spend a lot of time on the mental side of this, yep. getting over, you know, talking through the moral and ethical questions of pressing that trigger and actually ending a life in order to save your own life or save your family's life. We talk about the legal implications. I mean, there's a lot of the mental side of this as well. There's as much time in the classroom as there is on the range because it's so important to have good, well-trained citizens out there that know what they're doing. It's really just Godly men and women being being together, uh, you know, shared beliefs, shared ideas, and obviously this training, which, you know, the time we live in between the jailbreak, the legal immigration, the Hamas stuff, it's like, forget it, Antifa, BLM. I mean, this is going down and you got to be prepared. It's not just a sport anymore. You know, I, I, I like it rec- recreationally as well, but, you know, you definitely have to have that training to win a gunfight. Uh, PatriotAcademy.com slash Daniel. Rick, thanks for what you do, and thank you all for listening. Till tomorrow, God bless y'all, and see you tomorrow.